Welcome, everyone. Episode 57 of the Health of Wealth podcast. Steve Giordano here with our very special guest live from Connecticut, Mrs. Aphrodite. All right. I said it wrong. Aphrodite. Correct. There we go. Okay. How are we doing today, dear? I'm well. How are you? I am terrific. I'm very happy to have you on today. Um, Really uh, inspiring story, getting to know you a little bit here and kind of knowing your journey to FFL. So, We'll definitely jump into it. Uh, first, uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from originally and kind of your journey uh, to the U.S. Okay, so I'm originally from Greece. I was born and raised, and we moved here in 2005 with my parents and my two sisters. Awesome. So when, um, you're, when your parents moved, like what was the, the motivation was just, hey, we're going to have a better life for our kids and um, see what the USA is all about? Literally, they came home one day. They were like, we've made the decision to move um, to the United States. Here are five bags. Everyone gets a bag. Pack up. We're leaving in a week. It was terrifying. But Yeah, how was that for you? Because obviously you were in school at the time and, you know. Yeah, it was, I think it was like May. It was the middle of the school year. It was like March, middle of the school year. And... I remember having to go to school the next day and telling all my friends and my teachers that we were moving halfway across the world. Wow. And it was very difficult because as an 11 year old child, you're like, Oh, I want to pack my toys. And it's like, no, you really have to pack some clothes. Hmm. So from there it was kind of like, all right, you have decisions to make, like you're either going to pack some toys or clothes, choose them. Wow. So, and did you move yeah. to Connecticut or did you move to another part of the U S we moved to Connecticut. We moved in a very small studio apartment. We were a family of five um, in Waterbury. And my parents lasted maybe three, four months there. And they rented out like a house with three bedrooms. And they went up from there. Got it. What were they doing for work in Greece? Um, my father was a mechanic. He's always been a mechanic. And my mother owned her own restaurant. And she also did like patient care overnights. Wow. And we lived in a house on the beach, across the street from the beach. Life was great. And yeah, then we just up and left. Incredible. So how is it for you, like in that that initial transition, you know, going into your teenage years, like in a whole new country? Um, Yeah, I was in sixth grade. So I had just hit middle school and my parents got divorced shortly after we moved here about a year in. Um, so I was in middle school and I didn't really speak English. So I had to learn how to speak English quickly and I didn't want to get bullied because my first year I got bullied a lot for not knowing English. So I was like, all right, I have to learn English very well to where I don't have an accent. So I don't get bullied in school. That was my goal. So in sixth grade, I learned English very quickly. And by seventh grade, I started making friends because I didn't want to be not out of the loop. So I made it work fast. I had no chance. I was like, nope, we're not doing this. And that's going to be a great segue into, you know, people that when you have to do something and make something happen, like it's funny how when you have to, like 
<laughs> you find you a way. You find a way, like, and you did. <laughs> Absolutely. Same thing with this business. If you want to make it work, you'll find a way to make it work. Amen to that. So now what was your vision for yourself? Um, I don't know if you went to college or not. Like, what was your vision? What did you want to do with your life, you know, into your teenage years? Um, so I've always been a very caring individual. So everyone was like, you should be a nurse. And I was going to nursing school. Um, I was working at the bank. I did payroll for a different company. I had a lot of things struggling through. I started real estate. It was just very different things that I had going on. I initially wanted to do nursing and I graduated like during COVID. So it's probably like the worst experience I could have ever gotten mm. in nursing. And then I was doing patient care overnight. My patients were dying of like liver cancer and I was taking it way too personally. So uh, I just joined a Zoom one day and I was I wasn't really in it thousand percent. I was just like, oh, I still have nursing. Maybe I just want to do nursing, and I just said that I'm going to the convention. I hopped on a Zoom. I kept going on the Zooms, and then I just showed up to the convention. I was like, hey, I'm going, I'm going, and it all started from there. Wow. So what was it that yeah. kind of like you, you get on a Zoom? You kind of start seeing what insurance is. Clearly, you you didn't you know you weren't raised to be an insurance agent like none of us were. We we never had that in yeah. our you know. No, no. Growing up, it wasn't like, hey, go be an insurance agent. So as you yeah. get in and you start seeing this stuff on Zoom and, and and have kind of, we'll call it a blind faith, like what was it that drew you where you're like, hey, this is the thing for me? Honestly, everyone kept talking about financial freedom, um, making your own time. And I remember being in school, I was working full time. I actually had two jobs during college and I went to school full time. Um, and I was taking care of my nephew. I was juggling a lot. So time to me was the main thing because I feel like I have always kind of suffocated for time. Like I never was able to like get enough sleep, be prepared enough. So I was like, I want to be able to find a job to where, yes, I already have the way of like putting in the time because I've learned from being in school, but I needed to manage my own time. So that was the first thing for me. And then seeing that it was starting at 100% comp and to write and do the things that others were doing, I was like, all right, if they can do it, I can definitely do it. And then I went to the convention, it was life-changing. Within the first literally 15 minutes, I was like, I was like, I'm getting rid of half the people in my life. Mm. I'm changing everything immediately. And I really came back and changed a lot. It was life-changing. That convention was life-changing. So at the point that you went, you had been part-time for a little bit? You had sold or you hadn't sold anything yet? No, I wow. hadn't sold anything. Wow. Nothing at all. I had, I had, think I had just gotten licensed um, that week. Huh. Yeah. Wow. And now you're doing about 20 to 30 families a month. What, what, what have you done yes. so far for the year? I'm not sure. I'll have to check it out. It's got to be. It's got to be up there. Like, overall, I don't know. Honestly, that's a good question. You sell so much that you lose track. <laughs> I haven't even checked ever. Honestly, like I'm just like as long as I protect families and I'm writing a certain amount to make the team, you know. Right. right. I've kind of been good for that, but now we need to start growing. So that's kind of my next goal. Amen to that. So now it's interesting with the convention, which we obviously have it coming up and, you know, heavy promotion going on now in, in February. Oh, yes. Like I, I'm a product of it myself, um, a similar scenario. But 
you know, you go there, you don't, you, you knew some people, you knew the industry a little bit, you had some belief. How was your belief skyrocketed from everything you heard and all the different people that were communicating? Um, so I kind of went there with no guidance. I didn't really know anyone at the convention. I just kind of met my team there as I went. Um, and I just paid attention to everything Sean Mike said. And he kind of set a structure of how you should run. He was like, don't take time off. This is a grind. And I kind of went from there. I was like, all right, this is my mindset. I already know what I need to do. I took a lot of notes at the convention a lot of notes and I was like all right this is what I first I started with myself I was like all right this is these are the things I need to change about me being more disciplined um being mentally stable to be able to change things and be disciplined the way you need to be in this business obviously so I waking up earlier just small things of like drinking water before coffee those are small things that I changed after the convention and I feel like small things like that have made me more disciplined to be able to honestly grind like 12 hour days every day six days a week mm. So I kind of set a structure for myself. I came back, I changed my life. I moved, I did everything I needed to do. Then I was like, all right, I'm doing this. I, I had a second car, like a fun car. I sold my fun car and I took the funds that I sold my car with and I started this business, literally how I started. Wow. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Tell me about the water before coffee. Cause I, I'm not aware of this and I'm going to start doing it if you recommend it. Uh, I don't remember who said at the convention last year, they were like, it's a simple fact that we should wake up in the morning and drink a bottle of water. Okay. I'm more of a drinking water. I walk by my kitchen, I press the coffee button before I do anything. So now every morning I wake up, I chug a water bottle before I drink coffee. Okay. It's just like a small discipline thing. All right. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. Water for me to start the day. I like it. I'm in. Yes. yes. <laughs> do it. Do it. And you know what's so feel much better, right? You know, what's so funny about like all the things you just said is the fact that yes, certainly there's plenty of things you learned at that convention about insurance and selling and blah, blah, blah. But the first thing that you, you took from it was about your discipline, your routine, yes. the things that you needed to do as you, and there are things that just apply, they apply to, to entrepreneurship and just life. That's how you're successful. I mean, yes, I could teach you the IUL all day long, but if you don't have yeah. discipline to get in front of enough people and have the stamina to do it, really doesn't mean a whole hell of a exactly. lot. Exactly. So I'm glad that you took that. The second thing I would say is this. Um, a lot of people come to conventions and they, they, they know it's great information, but then they don't put it into action. Was it hard for you to put it into action or were you like, nope, I'm doing this? Uh, I left, I feel like I left the convention a whole different person. I came back and I was like, while I was at the convention, I took an extra day to myself. I made a whole life list and I was like, all right, these are the things that I need to change. Um, right before the convention, I had just went through a crazy breakup. Um, so I was like, all right, these are the things I need to change by myself. This is what I need to do. So right off the bat, I kind of needed, I knew what I needed to do. That's and I went from there. That's awesome. I mean, and again, I think if you're one, we can't state it enough. If you're going to go to the convention, like it, it, if you care about the business and you actually want to do this at a high level, like you better go. If you don't, you should oh, quit. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like I tell people, I'm like, if you're not going to go, like, just don't work here. Like, because no, that's, that's true. Cause what are you doing? Um, but it's, it's the other side of it is, do you take action? 
and you do you take all, all the things it's all about taking action the, the phone's not going to dial itself and you were not confused so so i love that and i also love the fact that you got rid of a fun car or something fun that was something you probably loved but you knew yeah. that it was what was needed because guess what you're going to buy 10 fun cars one day exactly it just doesn't have to be today but you're going to get there Exactly. I was willing to sacrifice and, you know, the, the small things to make bigger things work. Yeah. Because now it's like, all right, now, you know, whatever the family needs, I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. Like, it's, yeah. let's go. If I, I'm sure, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're probably pretty close with your family. Yes, very. I'm, um, I have an older sister. She's, 30. She just got married on my birthday in September. Nice. And then I have a younger sister. She's 23. She's going to school to be an optometrist. Cool. In mass. So nice. I'm very close to both of them. So everybody, them and your parents, when you kind of come to them and say, hey, I'm looking to get into sales, entrepreneurship, uh, supportive, I would assume. Were they giving you objections on it? Like, what was the take? Well, both my parents are nine to five workers. They obviously came here with nothing. So, I mean, to them, it was like, okay, well, what do you need to do to make this work? They had a million and one questions. They were very supportive. My older sister was like, I don't know if you should do this full time. Don't quit your other job. She was, I think she was nervous for me. Sure. And I think that was one of my biggest drives to be honest with you, because I was like, all right, if she looks this nervous about me and she knows that I usually, it's like, all right, if I have to handle anything it's usually me so I'm like if she's nervous about me I was like it's scaring me definitely but I feel like that I was like okay I can't fail like I have to show to her that it's like okay I can do it mm -hmm. I can't fail her I can't fail me so I think that was one of my drives honestly so I love that and I didn't really have much before I started this business honestly I literally just had my car and I was like all right I'm going to give you up and I'm going to just I was like if they're all making it work I'm gonna make it work there's no way so I stuck around with Schmidt's team. Obviously, John and Freddie helped me a lot. And I was like, all right, I'm going to make it work with them. Yeah. This is it. And I just did. Love that. One of the interesting things I think that people have to have to be successful, there has to be a confidence and a belief in two things. One, in what you're hearing in the system, obviously. And two, in yourself. Like you have a yeah. belief in yourself going back to when you taught yourself how to speak English because you had to. That you could Correct. that you could conquer and do things that you'd be able to do, and I think a lot of people they need to believe in themselves more. You know, it's not about oh be cocky, but be confident in who you are. Would you agree? Yes, and that was one of my things in the beginning. I wasn't very confident myself. Um, I was very nervous to start the business, to be honest with you. But I was like, all right, this is it. Like, this is all I have. I have to make this work. Yeah. So I was kind of not against the wall, but I was like, all right, like what else are you going to do if you don't do this? Like you have to make this work. Yeah. So I just, I had to, yeah. and I did. And I think being nervous and, and respecting those emotions are good. I think you just like, you didn't let them, some people let them get in their way, like be no, nervous no. and put it over here and understand yeah, that. Then. Cool. I'm nervous over here, but over here I got to like, I got to work. And you didn't let that get in the way. No. I've been, I've had a lot of ups and downs in life, so I kind of know how to overcome my emotions and objections. So I knew I had to learn quickly and they kept saying, get in your first hundred homes. 
my goal was to get in my first hundred homes. So that was yeah. my goal. Right. Whatever objection I had, I would call me like, hey, this is what I went through. What could I have done differently? And I would just take advice from anyone and everyone. And I basically just copy whatever they did, whatever they went through on my phone, would stay on the phone, run together. You know, we try to overcome objections and we just kind of learn off each other. And that's helped me grow a lot, honestly, like a lot. Nice. See, I love that goal too. That's key. I'm going to remember that for new agents that I recruit because the goal, it's like, oh, I want to write 20K, 30K, whatever. The goal is, like you said, get me in 100 homes because guess what? That other stuff is, is going to be right behind you. Exactly. Because once you get through your 100 homes, I feel like there's, you know how to get through those objections. Like you've already seen it. You know how to overcome it. You kind of learn your way. You become more comfortable, more confident. You know things better. It just it comes naturally after a while. So just get in your first 100 homes is what I tell people. I love that. The other thing, you know, I think a lot of people, they look at, at this and just sales in general, like they want, they want quick success. They want quick money, but they don't want to, they don't want to put in the grind and the work. Like you've said yeah. numerous times now that running 12 hour days, which I'm very familiar with. Like, I'm sure you don't wake up in the morning and say, I want to run a 12 hour day, but I'm sure when you protect 30 families in a month, you're like, all right, cool. Like I'm making a lot per hour. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, in the beginning, don't get me wrong, I was hesitant. I was like, damn, I don't know if I really want to do this because it wasn't more about the hours because I've already always put like hours in. It's more of like, okay, what am I going to go through today? What kind of clients am I going to get? I was really in my head the first few months. And that's another thing I was talking about, like getting yourself like mentally prepared. Like Sean Mike in the convention said, don't allow your prior client get in your head and affect the next family that's a fact because I used to yes. allow that to happen a lot in the beginning. But now I feel like with confidence again in time and knowing me, it's like, all right, I know to get the next client. I kind of already know who is real, who needs it, and who's kind of just, you know, we kind of try to avoid the clients. Like, and before I used to feel like I didn't respect my time as much. I used to try to like understand them more, be a little bit more patient with them to where I was wasting my time. Now I'm like, all right, I know, I know what you need. Like if you just need quotes, I'm not the quotes guy. Like I have another family to actually protect. So I'm definitely more respectful of my time. Yeah. I love that. So I had to learn that with time. It's interesting because it took a lot longer than it should have, but no, it's fine. Cause you know what you, I feel like I call it the edge. Like there's an edge that you have to have as an agent and, and a new agent has to develop the edge because you don't want to get the runaround and you need to know when to cut it off. And like you said earlier, if you're sitting there dialing 150 leads or hundred leads and you know, you book 15, like you're going to get tire kickers. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get people that BS you and that's cool, Of course. but you're also going to get like, you know, Bob and Mary that, you know, make you dinner. And, you know, spend $300 a month. Like, you're going to get those, too. I know. And you just run the numbers. I know. I've honestly gotten good clients. And I do get very personal with my clients. Um, I tell them, I'm like, now you can't get rid of me. I'm your insurance girl for life. I always tell them, and they love it. If someone else goes in after me, they're like, oh, no, we sat down with a little Greek girl. She was great. Yeah. That's what I always tell my clients, so. And again, what does that go back to? It goes back to the confidence that you have in yourself in the ability. That's why you're selling at a high level. When you can make people and tell people that you're going to be the one there for them and you're the best person, man or woman for the job, like you're going to sell that person usually. Yes. And um, I had a 
call with Paul McLean a couple of months ago and he told me, um, he was like, when you are in a home, he was like, tell them that it's like, okay, I'm going to call your beneficiary, introduce myself to them. I used to never do that before, ever. I used to just close the client um, and I used to just go from there. Now I'll introduce myself, like if they have the beneficiary in the house, I'm like, oh no, tell them to come out, introduce myself. Because I'm like, when when something happens, they need to call me because I will handle everything for you. Right. So I make them come out and I have gotten a lot of free referrals and a quote unquote free leads from that. Like they'll always call me back. I just had a lady, I wrote all her kids, went back for all three of her sons, wrote them. Same thing with another lady last week. She was like, oh, my kids are here. She's like, I want all three of my kids covered. So it's actually a really good way to also like build and bond with your clients. I feel like you also get more business that way. They trust you more. Now you're you don't just have that one client. You have the whole family that trusts you. It's different in that aspect. hundred yeah, percent. That is so huge. And I love that. I'm going to start doing that. Like I'll always say, Hey, like give this to the beneficiary, but that you call them or talk to them. Like you are real yeah. at that point. <laughs> I tell them, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to call your beneficiary and I'll give them a call. Like, Hey, I just spoke to your mom. Like if I'm in a car, I get no shit out. Like I, cool i'm door knocking i'll make a call real quick hey i just closed your mom she wanted me to say hello i'm aphrodite say my name hey do you have life insurance she also wanted to make sure you were covered or do you have kids things like that because most of the time their kids are like in their 40s 50s Mm. i'm just like all right let's take care of you too even if they're 30 i'm like all right let's do it so you just mentioned door knocking which i I really want to touch upon because in the world of in the world of telesales virtual hybrid which look everything works i sell virtual we all do it's all good right but door knocking okay who told you to door knock how do you feel about door knocking what's the success rate that you have door knocking okay so before i started i watched paul mcclain's podcast on door knocking and i could probably repeat every word in that podcast because i might have watched it probably 50 times but he said hey sometimes they you know, sometimes they just need that extra step of going there and you'll be like, oh, I've been waiting somebody to get a hold of me, but you've called them five times they don't answer the phone. That's a fact because so many times I'll show up and they'll be like, oh, yes, I've been meaning to get a call for this. And I'll be like, I've only called you 40 times. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been banging on your phone for three days straight, 12 times a day. Like, what's up? And um, I love door knocking. If I get a no-show, so Marissa has a system where, where she does a five door knocks for each lead. And I, I stole that from her. So now for each lead, I'll have five door knocks. I'll put in Road Warrior. And if I don't, if I get a no show, I'm door knocking. I love door knocking. Love. Because no one, like, they're older people at home, bored alone. They know they need the help. They're not going to say no to you. I show up at their door. I knock. I have the form in my hand. I'm like, hey, you filled out this form. I'm just your local underwriter. I, had, I helped out a family three streets over. They sent me in to make sure you're alive and just then go over this form for you. Shoes on or off. I already have my bag on me. I don't really waste time. My car is locked. I'm just like, if they say, oh, no, I don't have time. I'm like, okay, perfect. I usually only go by appointment only. Let me check my schedule. I'll try to fit you in as a courtesy. And I'll try to either put them for either the next day. And, yeah, I love door knocking. Or I'm just in the house. Shoes on or off. And I usually walk in the house. I don't ask where to sit. I just look for a table. I'm right in the house. I don't I don't really stop for them. I kind of take control as soon as I walk in. I'm just like, doop, doop. I sit down. I'm like, all right, 15 minutes. I Quick love it. Let's I'll, do it. I'll tell you what. You, the, the valuable lessons that you learned, um, whether it was from convention or doing it or whatever, the 100 appointments, 
the assumptive nature and the control. When you, when you start to take control in this business, you are literally unstoppable. And I think too many people, too many people try to look at things very cookie cutter, right? They look at the phone script. What do I say here? How do I say it here? It's hard to teach like that. You get what you just just said, you have to do it and you have to just like, you're saying things in a psychological way, right? You were just up the street. You were this, I'm going to get you in. I'm going to pension you. Like you're saying things psychologically that are doing the one objective that you have. And that's to get in front of the person. Exactly. That is the one job that you have. If I can get in front of you, I got a good shot to sell you. If I can't get in front of you, I have no shot. Exactly. Yeah, I, I love door knocking. I really do. In the beginning, I used to be terrified to door knock. Terrified. Now I'm like, doop, doop, doop. Like, I can't wait to get in front of people. Plus, if I got no shot, I'm like, what am I going to do for, for an hour? Right. Nothing. Right. going to be bored when I'm going to drive around to waste gas. Right. Let's go meet some people. Because people look at things, you know, Sometimes people, they'll book two appointments and they think that they're an independent contractor and they have two appointments today and that's their job, What is which is like ludicrous. Instead, you need to look at, I'm working my job from, like you said, if you're in a field 12 hours and you run your appointments and you run your door knocks and then you have a crazy successful day, it's because you work the day as the 12-hour workday that it was intended to be. Exactly. And honestly, at the end of the day, it's a good freaking feeling like you end the day and you're just like, okay, I did my thing today. I right. grinded the way I needed to. I closed this many people. And at the end of the day, like in the beginning, don't get me wrong. Yes. It was like, all right, I need to like financially be stable to be able to make this business running. Now that it's like, I'm on a roll. It's like, it's not even about me anymore. It's like, all right, I'm genuinely like protecting these families. Right. Plus it's like when you're leaving, they'll think they're like, Oh my God, we've been procrastinating for so long. We've been needing this. That's a good feeling to get out of a client's home. And it's like, all right, I generally just help these people that have been needing help for God knows how long. And it's, it's a, it's a life changing feeling. I feel like, yeah, and I really it, do feel like I changed people's lives. Amen. You do. And what, what's interesting with it too, is like, you're not, whenever you don't focus on the money and you focus on the activity, the money comes like, this is the, exactly. the financial services is the richest industry that there is. So like, we're all making money, like just, just so we're all clear, we make money. Those of us that work hard and door knock and go above and beyond make the most of it. That's a fact. For sure. It's a fact. <laughs> and, and, and rightfully so, because you deserve it, because you're out doing the things that a lot of insurance agents don't want to do. Absolutely. They want it the easy way. So give us, no. uh, give us this to wrap it up, because this has been a clinic and uh, a lot of good stuff uh, you know, for everybody. So talk to us about some of the things as a new agent, because you're, you're still pretty new, some little things that we didn't go over here that maybe you'd say, hey, do this or focus on this to be successful early on. Okay, so my biggest thing would be is investing in leads. One thing you can't be scared about is investing in leads. I think I kind of procrastinate in the beginning of investing in leads. It's a little difficult and scary in the beginning, but investing in leads is probably, it's the main thing you have to do. Um, second thing is actually working those leads. I have agents that will buy a bunch of leads and they'll get nervous to dial them or they'll just kind of skip them. It's terrifying in the beginning, but you just kind of have to get over the emotions and just put the activity in and actually grind and get to it. Once you do door knocking and just like you said, like the activity has to be put in. Um, if you don't have appointments, door knock. If you put the activity in, the money will come just like you said. That's, that's the main goal here. 
I love so, it. And getting the first hundred homes. Yeah. Because the only that. best way of learning is to actually doing it. Yeah. It's funny. It's so simple, you know, and when 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 you hear it from a lot of people, it it it, it hits home because it's like it's so simple. You know, people think too much doing this, you know? Like Yeah. Stop you thinking. Just gotta do it like Nike. That's it. Do it. Just do it. Don't think. <laughs> just do it. Make mistakes, fail forward, understand you got mentor. I mean, you have mentors up there. There's mentors throughout I the company. Do. Like it's just reach out to them, but, but put in the work because they'll work for you. Like anybody will hop on a call with you as long as you're willing to work. You know what I mean? hundred percent. Well, I appreciate I even you. Told, go, on, go on. Absolutely. I was going to say, I even told someone the other day I was trying, I was um, on a call with someone trying to hire them and I was like, on the worst day, to even if I didn't sell one policy a day, I said I could still leave and end the day by saying this is the best job ever happened. I wouldn't go back to doing anything else. Absolutely. How many people can really say that? Right. Not a lot. Yep. So that's a life changer right there, I feel like. I'll trade my worst day here over my best day in my last career. thousand percent. Totally. Well, I so. appreciate you. I really look forward to seeing you at the convention. So we're, what, a, three, three months away, right? Two to three months away, February in Miami. Yeah. It's Let's kill be, it till then. We got to grind. That's right. We got to end the year strong. How you end the year is how you're going to start the new one. Ooh, I like that. Like that's that. a good line. All right. Well, like have a tremendous uh, Thanksgiving, and I will talk with you soon. You as well. Thanks Thank for you, having dear. me. You got it. Take care. Bye. Okay. That's the motto. Throw back with no chaser.